You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. was to stand and give thanks to a most holy God. Give him praise. I love that. This was essential. And you know what? I bet it set up the day. I bet it set up the day as they stood before the Lord and they gave him thanks and they, and they sang songs of worship. I love that. Should this not be the most important duty of the Christian? Should we also do that? You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can prostrate yourself, whatever. You always should have a heartfelt thanks. A heartfelt thanks. You and I were created for the glory and pleasure of God. When you start your day, is that mission at the forefront of your mind? Most of us would have to say no. We're thinking about work, the kids, the projects, etc. Pastor Dave will challenge us in today's message to live our lives as an act of worship to God. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 22 as he continues his message, According to God's Purpose. Being a member of the tribe of Levi wasn't enough for you to be a priest. When you were in the tribe of Levi, you served the Lord, but you're not necessarily a priest. To be a priest, you had to be a descendant of Aaron. Aaron was set apart that he should sanctify holy things. It says, he was set apart, he and his sons forever, that he should sanctify the most holy things to burn incense before the Lord to minister to him and to give the blessing in his name forever. Now the sons of Moses, the man of God, were reckoned to the tribe of Levi. Again, Moses, Gershom, Eleazar, and so down all these people. It's a brief but power to description of the duties of the priests of Israel. This is what they did. He should sanctify the most holy things. The priest was to have an act of concern for holiness. The priest had an act of concern for holiness, and he was able to discern, this is important, between what was holy and what was not. This means that holiness had to touch the life of the priest, and he had to represent God to the people. Why is this important to us? Why would this be important to us? What does Peter call you? A royal what? priesthood yes a royal priesthood are we not to show god to others are we not to care for things that are holy are are we not able to discern what is holy and what is not by the holy spirit there's no coincidence that we're studying about deception on sunday in first john the holy spirit has given us the opportunity to determine deception and real to discern from what is holy and what is not. The Holy Spirit has given us that gift. It's called the gift of discernment. Read 1 Corinthians 12. There's the gift there. We represent God to the people. We represent Lord. We are the Lord's ambassadors. Everywhere we go, we represent Christ. You've heard it said before. Mark said it, I think, on Monday night. It's been said before. You might be the only Bible someone sees. How are you holding up in that? So, we are a holy priesthood. We're a royal nation. Israel is a royal nation, and we've been grafted in, and we can partake of that. 
The priests burned incense before the Lord. What is incense a picture of, anybody? No? Sacrifice kind of comes up to the nostrils of the God as a prayer. Intercessory prayer is the burning of incense. That's what it represents. The people had to present, the priest had to present the people before the Lord. The fragrant incense stealing heavenward is a beautiful emblem of intercessory prayer. This person said, let's pray more, not for ourselves, but for others. It's a sign of a groaning grace when our prayers are fragrant with the names of a friend or a foe mingled with the coals of the golden altar. F.B. Meyer wrote that. A beautiful situation of prayer. So you can imagine that beautiful incense coming up. Well, how many times have we prayed? I, I've heard Mark pray it. He prayed it from here. I've prayed it from here. We prayed it before. Lord, let this come up to you as what? A sweet-smelling savor to your nostrils, don't we? That's incense. That's, that's incense going up. That's the proper incense. The priests were to minister to God. The priests were busy with people, and they were busy with the work of the ministry, but the priests should never forget their ministry to God first. Always minister to God first. Holy priests that you are, always minister to God first. He is first and foremost in our life, and we should always be ministering to him first and foremost. What does that mean? It means spending time in personal devotions, spending time in personal worship, giving attention to God in the secret place, in that secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I love that, that secret place, place in our heart, the place where God is. Or God is ministering to us, but we need to minister back to him and tell him we love him and bless his soul. Remember, we studied that in 103. The priest gives a blessing in his name forever. The priest was supposed to bless so that others could bless others. Number six, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's a blessing. It's a priestly blessing. Priests should bless others so that they in turn can bless others. I like that. I like that. In verse 26 of chapter 23, there are a lot of names there. If we go down to verse 26, it says, And also the Levites, they shall no longer carry the tabernacle or any of the articles for its service. So once the tabernacle is no longer going to be in use, remember the tabernacle is in Gibeon right now. But the Ark of Covenant is in Jerusalem. And David has now on the threshing floor of Ornan decided through God's help that this is where the temple will be. So when the temple is built, they don't need the tabernacle any longer. And remember, it was the priest and the Levite's job to carry all the articles of the tabernacle from place to place to place for 40 years. Every time the cloud moved, they'd pick up camp and they'd walk. And when the cloud stopped, it would make it up, and the fire would come out. And the fire would go out, and the cloud would start to move. They had to pack up the tent and all the gear, and they'd move again. That must have been quite burdensome. Can you imagine? All that stuff. Go back in Exodus and see what the tabernacle was made of. Look at the tabernacle of meeting. Look at that, and look at all that wonderful things. They don't have to do it anymore. And the tabernacle in the service has come to a permanent rest. Picture of Jesus Christ, a permanent rest in Jesus Christ. The Levites, the priests who once had a responsibility to move everything, are now going to be helpers, helpers to the sons of Aaron. Look at verse 30. And every morning, this was one of their jobs. Let's read verse um, 
Let's go from 27 down. For by the last words of David, the Levites were numbered from 20 years and above because their duty was to help the sons of Aaron in the service of the house of the Lord, in the courts and the chambers, in the purifying of all holy things and the work service of the house of God, both with the showbread and the fine flour, the grain offering, and with the unleavened cakes that is baked in the pan, what is mixed and with all kinds of measures and sizes. I love this part. To stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. Ah, I love that. Likewise, at evening and at every presentation of a burnt offering to the Lord on the Sabbath and the new moons and on the set, set feast by number according to the ordinance governing them regularly before the Lord and they should attend to the needs of the tabernacle of meeting, the needs of the holy place and the needs of the sons of Aaron, their brethren in the work of the house of the Lord. Wow, that was cool. Can you imagine that? Their most important duty. You can look at all those things. You can look at all those things that they had to do, but by golly, their most important thing was to stand every morning and give thanks to God. The most important thing in their life, listen to this, this is God's command. God's command to these Levites, these, these, these holy people, this royal priesthood, the first thing they were going to do in the morning was to stand and give thanks to a most holy God. Give him praise. I love that. This was essential. And you know what? I bet it set up the day. I bet it set up the day as they stood before the Lord and they gave him thanks and they, and they sang songs of worship. I love that. Should this not be the most important duty of the Christian? Should we also do that? You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can prostrate yourself, whatever. We always should have a heartfelt thanks. A heartfelt thanks. As we go into chapter 3, I mean chapter 24, I noticed something interesting here. Look at verse 3. Then David and Zadok of the sons of Eleazar and Ahimelech of the sons of Ithmar divided them according to the schedule of their service. And I'll go to number 19. It says, This was the schedule of their service for coming into the house of the Lord according to the ordinance by the hand of Aaron, the father, their father, as the Lord of Israel had commanded them. And you see the, the list there of the first lot fell to this one, the third, fourth, all the way down, how the lots fell, and how they were supposed to serve the Lord. They had to wait until their lot came up, and then they served the Lord. In Luke 1, verses 5 through 9, I'll read them to you. In Luke 1, verses 5 through 9, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name, Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all his commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. Here it is. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Why did that take me there? Because we're studying this. This was set up back then. This was set up way back then. And now, right before the birth of Jesus Christ, right before the birth of John the Baptist, Zacharias, who is now serving as a priest here, his lot came up, and it was time for him to go into the temple of the Lord. And it was during the time it was in the temple of the Lord that the angel appeared to him, remember? The angel appeared to him and made him mute because he couldn't speak. I think that was great. Now, here it is. Right here, we see this order. I get a kick out of that kind of stuff. 
I don't know, but it's interesting. But uh, this could have, you know what? Some, some of the commentators I read on this, because I really got interested in this part, this said that because there were so many of them that their lot came up, this could have been the only time he would have been called. This could have been the only time that his lot came up for him to serve. I mean, according to God's purpose, according to God's plan, that he would be in the temple of the Lord when the angel appeared to him? I mean, think about that. Is it, is it a mystery as to why it happened like that? No. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. I love it. I know. I'm crazy. I don't get it. Anyhow. Anyhow. In, verse, in chapter 25, we come to the worship team. Okay. And chapter 25 concerns David's organization of the 4,000 Levitical musicians into courses of service that correspond with those of the priests in the temple Levites. So what we read in chapter 24, in chapter 25, these musicians are going to accompany a certain priest as they go through their time. It's interesting that the captains of the army took part in the selection and the organization of the musicians or worship leaders for Israel. Look at verse 25. Verse 1, moreover, David and the captains of the army separated for service some of the sons of Asaph, of Heman, and Judathan, who should prophesy with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals. And the number of skilled men performing their service was, and he goes on and lists a whole ton of more of names. So you have these things here. Interesting. Interesting to me. Interesting names here. Remember, Asaph. How about the name Judathan? Have you seen those names before? And where have you seen them? Psalms. Asaph wrote Psalms. And some of the Psalms were written so that Judathan could play them as a chief musician. Some of them were written. It's right there. So I thought that was cool too. He says, I love this fact that it says, Moreover, David and the captains of the army separated for service. They separated for service. How was this done? How do you think this was done? It was interesting because they were commissioned to prophesy. And don't mean foretelling necessarily. Prophecy is bringing forth the works of God. They were separated to prophesy. Someone turn to Acts 13, please. In Acts 13, I'm going to read Acts, 20, Acts 12, 25 through Acts 13, 3. And Barnabas and Saul turned from Jerusalem, where they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord, here it comes, and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. How did David and the gang separate them? They waited for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the separating, folks, because, listen, they were commissioned to prophesy. Who gives the gift of prophecy? The Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit. It was cool here that they were put aside. They were separated. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. He separates them for the work of the ministry. He separates this one for this work. He separates that one for this work. He gives gift to this one or gives a gift over here or whatever for the edifying of the body, for the building up of the ministry. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I love it. 
In the music, they were declaring greatness. They were declaring glory and they were declaring power of God. Think about that, about our music. Didn't we just do that? Didn't just a little while ago we declared God's greatness? We declared God's glory and power and his beauty? This is the air I breathe. What a moving song. How can you sing that song and not get emotional or not get touched thinking that you're breathing the same air as God? It's an incredible thing. Ministry bulletins. I have it here. Right here. We express God's greatness and his glory and the power of him. We speak of the glory of God in our music. And we don't do this unintelligently because even on the back of our bulletins when we used to have them says, we believe the worship of God should be spiritual. We remain flexible so the Holy Spirit may direct our worship. We believe the worship of God should be inspirational. We, therefore, we place a great, uh, place a great music place to worship. We believe the worship of God should be intelligent. We emphasize Bible teaching. We believe the worship of God is fruitful. We worship. This is a worship service. We, we worship our God. It's really what the music is called to do. It speaks forth the praises and speaks forth the glory of God. And these men who were appointed began to prophesy. But they didn't prophesy with their mouths. What did they prophesy with? Their harps. They were prophesying with their harps, declaring God's glory. I love it. In verses 2 and 3, I gotta go back to Acts or whatever I am. What chapter are we on? 26. No, 25. In verse 2 and 3, it says, Of the sons of Asaph, Sukkar, Joseph, and those guys, prophesied according to the order of the king. And Jonathan and his sons, under the direction of their father, who prophesied with a harp to give thanks and praise to God. I love that. That is so cool. They're all direct was praise to God. Everything they did, or these guys were to do, they were appointed, they were set apart by the Holy Spirit to praise God. That's what our worship team is. They're set apart to praise God. They're set apart to lead us in the praise of God. The Holy Spirit works in them. 99.9% of the time, I never have anything to say with the songs that are chosen. Every now and then, I might ask for a certain song. But I usually don't try. I usually want the Holy Spirit to touch the heart of whomever's choosing the set to gear up for the worship. And the majority of times, I would say more times than none, the set matches right with what the Word of God is telling him because the Holy Spirit does it. The Holy Spirit does it. And that's what they're relying on here. I love that. I, I, I love that. We sing praises to God, which is inspired by the Word of God. Many of the songs we sing are actually words of God. They're written right out of God's word. And we're mouthing them when we're praising him in his, in, in his word. I love it. I love it. They divided them into groups in 18 through 31. They divided up into groups of 24 companies, 12 in each. Why 12? You know, there's going to be a quiz on these one of these days, you guys. 12 is the number of tribes, which is good, good, good. You're right. Keep going. Uh-huh. Government. 12 tribes. 12 apostles, number of government, 12. You, you were there, Jody, you did good. They cast lots in order for service. But notice that we don't read of anybody complaining. How come I got to sing with that guy? How come I got to do this? No, everything was done decently and in order. Everybody took their place as the Lord gave them, and they all were done decently in order. In chapter 26, we see I love these guys. I just love these guys because they're the porters. We see the office of porters concerning the divisions of the gatekeepers, the Koradites and those guys, the son of Korah and the sons of Asap and so on and so on. They were porters. They opened and closed the door. 
These guys were appointed by God to open and close the door of the temple. I love these guys. It's so important. There were 4,000 of them, and they were divided into different groups. At the end of verse 6, they're called mighty men of valor. I know he's not going to like this for me, but I love having Gordon and Bud at the door. I love having them at that front door. They're doing such a service. Do you realize that after they get by the parking lot, they're the face of Calvary Chapel? They're the first ones they meet when they walk into that door? The first ones. And I believe that everybody comes in here when they are greeted by Gordon, uh, Gordon and Bud, they are not disappointed. I love that. Thank you for your service to our God. Thank you. It's beautiful, even in the parking lot. It's interesting. As you go through chapter 26, names keep popping up. And one of the names that keeps popping up is our old buddy, Obed-Edom. You remember Obed-Edom? The ark the, the was at his house for a while, remember? And he got so blessed for the three months the ark was at his house. And now he's serving the Lord like crazy. And now his kids are serving the Lord. I love that about Obed-Edom. I love that. I love that story. It's fruit of the Lord. Because he was with the Lord there. He learned so much during that time. Now he's serving the Lord like crazy. And his kids are serving the Lord. Look at the fruit that the Lord had brought forth. Notice how everyone had a job. And everyone served the Lord in a different capacity. Everyone served the Lord in a different capacity. And I want to, we are his workmanship, prepared for good works that God will has ordained for us. That's a horrible, horrible um, job in Ephesians 2.10. But we are his workmanship. We are his poema. And he's prepared good works for you that you can walk in them. Everybody has a niche. And there's a niche for everybody. So you shouldn't feel like, oh, I don't belong. No, you belong. There's a place for you. Find the place that God has called you to and do it to the best of your ability. Give it everything you have and see what the Lord can do in that niche. It could be opening the door. It could be standing there. It could be in the parking lot. It could be washing out bathrooms after somebody used them during the, the service. It could be coming in on Saturday morning and cleaning toilets or it could be nursery or kitchen or whatever. Soundboards, videos. Yes, worship team. Yes, doing this. Yes, doing that. All those things. Everybody has a niche that God has given them. Everybody has a place in this part. Find out which is yours. Find out how you can serve the Lord with joy and gladness and then serve him with every ounce of fiber you have. I just love this. As you read down through 26, you'll find that there was only 1,700 Levites who served the 10 tribes on the west side of the Jordan. Remember the two and a half tribes that was on the east side of the Jordan who refused to come across? They needed 2,700 to serve them. Well, they were more susceptible to pagan problems. They were more susceptible. In fact, many believe that the nation or the tribe of Dan isn't mentioned in many of the genealogies because of their idolatry and because they fell so far short in worshiping idols. And they were one of the ones that stayed on the other side of the Jordan. The closer we are to God's will, the more tightly we are in fellowship one to another and the more secure we feel, and we are protected from the enemy, because greater is he is in you than he is in the world. You are a sure hope. You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has been making his way through the book of First Chronicles. I don't know about you, but the first thing I think of with this book is history, ancient history. I think of the stories of King David, 
But as I read through it today, I noticed how many verses there are that proclaim the goodness of God and give Him glory. Verses like 1 Chronicles 16, 29-31, which say, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. David had brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, and the first response he and the people had to the presence of God was to worship Him. We want to be worshipers just like David was, and you're invited to join us. A Sure Hope comes to you out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. And if you're in the area, we would love to worship God together with you this weekend. Our services are held at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday morning. You can find all the information you need at assurehoperadio.com. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. And if you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. That's all for today. But we hope to see you again next time as we rest together in a sure hope. Show.